How's everyone doing this morning? I really felt, I really feel God's at work. And um, this isn't how I was going to start, but um, I feel God wants to do some stuff today. And so I really want us to position ourselves right now in a place of openness and a place of receiving. And I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to begin some work that he wants to do. Because I just feel, as we were worshipping, I just felt God speaking to me about it. So just let's together, because let's just like, like sit on a roller coaster, right? Let's just um, position ourselves in that, where we can go anywhere. We don't know where it's going to go, but we're safe. We're buckled in. He's got us. And we're safe because he loves us and because it's him who's at work in us. So, Lord, I just want to ask you, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you come and begin working in us this morning? Just, you already have been, Lord, but would you continue what you've started? Lord, we say that we have an open heart. Would you come and dwell in our hearts even more? Would you come? Would you fill us? Would you ignite us? Would you come? Would you speak to us? Would you help us to move forward in you? Thank you, Lord. Amen. So this morning, um, I've never. This is this is a first for me. We're I'm in a we're in a free choice week, which is both exciting and slightly terrifying. So this week, uh, the preach topic was about what was God saying to me. And um, we chatted, I chatted it through, obviously. But God's really had on my heart this uh, topic of value for quite a long time. It's something that I've carried for quite a long time. And it's something that I meet in my day job quite a lot. So um, I work with uh, students in a secondary school. And I work with students who have different kind of struggles with um, emotional and mental health and things like that. So I meet a lot of people who don't know their value. And um, this is something I pray about quite a lot. This is something I look into quite a lot. And um, so today we're going to have a little journey and we're going to look at value. We're going to look at what is it and why is it important. How can we understand God's perspective on it? And what's value like in the world? And what is our response to knowing God's value? And that's, so that's where we're going to go. So are you in? Are you ready? You're all in today? Buckled up? Should we shut the doors? No? It's fine. Okay. So what is value? Well, value, if we look it up in the dictionary, value is regard. It's a regard um, that something is held to deserve. So you might, uh, you might look at value in terms of um, like a, I don't know, what's that show on a Sunday night that our parents used to make us watch about valuing valuations? Antiques Roadshow. See, I went off notes straight away. Antiques Roadshow. You might look at value in that way. Here is an object. Here is what we think of it. Here is its context. Here is its value. Right? Or you might look at it in terms of how important it is to you. Here are some of the things that I value. This is why I do this, or this is why I don't do that. 
Yeah, does that make sense? Okay, so these are some of the things that I've been like thinking about. Why is value important? Well, showing and receiving value is an important part of relationships. Value is an important part, thing in transactions, like the Antiques Roadshow, or how much is in our house, the importance of not how much is a loaf of bread, or how much is a pint of milk, how much is a bunch of bananas. Yeah. We like bananas in our house. These things are important to us. Um, uh, what else? Value provides a framework for understanding where and how things work in the world. And we apply value to things like, as I said, possessions, something I value highly, and Neil might not. I think I've talked about that before. Like we have differences and things that we keep and things that we get rid of because we have different value attached to it. I'm sure everyone else in the room is the same. It's not just us, right? Good. <laughs> and we hold values and they help us prioritize things. They help us make choices, right? Value motivates care. It drives and informs choices. It influences behavior. It might influence a group of people. It might join them together. It might separate them. It might lead to isolation in, in some cases. And there are differences about values we hold depending on culture, experiences, family of origin. It's quite a deep, quite a deep concept. Value is a tool of encouragement. It's a tool of honour. Like today, we're saying, we're taking time to say, women, we value you. It's not just about motherhood. If we make it just about motherhood, it brings isolation. That's not okay. But women, today, we're saying we honour you and we value you. We appreciate you and all that you carry in God. Men, we do for you as well. I don't want to isolate you. It's great, isn't it? It's great that we can take time to honour and value, bring value. But to really understand the true way value works, we need to look at what God values and how he shows value. So, Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14. That's, we're gonna, that's where we're going to root ourselves in this morning. We're going to think about how the idea of value works in the kingdom of God. And we've got a slide and I've been influenced, I just want to confess this. So I usually go with uh, the ESV version, right? But I've been hanging out with the Trinity guys a bit, and I have been chatting with Andy, and he goes with the NLT. And I had to, I had to bow to the superiority of that in this, in this version. It was just so much clearer. So that's what we're reading from today. So... Would anyone like to come and read that for me? Anyone want to come and read that out for me? Thank you. No, come and do it in the mic. Do you want to read it from there? Is that okay? okay. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. 
God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his, mysteri his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were first, the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Amen. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Now, what I'd like to do really quickly, we don't have long, is I'd like you guys to um, just get into, just draw closer together. And I'd just like you to have a chat about what does that scripture tell us about God? One thing. And what does that scripture tell us about man? One thing. So just try and get into, huddle together quickly, have a little chat. We've got about two minutes for this, so it's not long. So just literally first impressions. One thing that tells you about God and one thing that tells you about man. Okay? Okay, how are you getting on? Has everyone got one thing? Okay, I'm going to call it because we, I don't want to go over. So can a couple of you, just two or three of you, just shout one thing that it tells us about God? Be brave, just shout out. He's generous. He's generous. He loves us. He has a plan. He fulfills his plan. Brilliant. So, go on. At the right time, what else? All that God has, we, in, we are entitled to because we inherit from him. 
Amazing, brilliant. Tell us, tell me what it says about man. One thing. No man. Oh yeah, he loves us. Okay, yeah. All right. That's kind of about God, but yes. Okay, we are loved by him. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, go on. Anyone else? We're adopted. We're free. We're forgiven. He saved us. We belong to him. Anyone at the back? Anything else anyone wants to shout out? Okay, so I'm going to go now because you've basically covered everything. So it's fine. No, no, no. Brilliant. Thank you. That was great. So um, when I was looking at this scripture, God gave me some peas, which I was really excited about because that doesn't happen to me often. I don't get like kind of three points that all have the same... He didn't give me a plate of peas. Sorry, I just need to clarify that. Some of you are giggling. Um, he gave me uh, some words that go together and sound the same. And I was like, yes, I've made it. This is great. Uh, I haven't, but that's fine. Um, God values. And what God values, he proactively pursues, he prioritizes, and he protects. And we're going to just take a quick couple of minutes to just look at how we can see that in this scripture. So what God values, he proactively pursues. Verse four, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. What this tells us is the father takes the initiative. We didn't find him. He made Jesus known to us. Wow. God's initiative in redeeming us from sin and death, it wasn't like a fluffy, whimsical decision, but it was something that God had planned all along in Christ. From the foundation of the world, his heart for us was that we would know him. Because God values relationship and intimacy with him. That's why he sent Jesus. From the foundations of the world, he pursued us. And he's longed for us, and he longs for us to know his love and to know the value that he's placed in us. Psalm 139, I think we covered some of that this morning, but Psalm 100, yeah, in one of the songs. Psalm 139 talks about how this proactive pursuit of us unfolds in the way that God knows us. When you pursue something, you learn about, you know about them. You, you, yeah, you, you understand. This is how it is. You've, you know, Psalm 139 says things like, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You discern my thoughts. You're familiar with my ways. You hem me in behind before you lay your hand upon me. Where can I go from your spirit? He's everywhere. He's all around. You formed me. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you. He completely knows us. Every detail. In your book, my days are written. Every one of them. Wow. He knows everything that's coming. How vast and precious are your thoughts. Are the thoughts you have about me, O God. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. God values you so much that he proactively pursues you. He always has and he always will pursue this relationship, this intimacy and proximity with you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he values you. 
He loves you and values you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that you could be holy and blameless before him and you could have confident access to him through Jesus. Wow. He values you. This is the value of the kingdom. Let's think about what God values he prioritises. So in verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us in his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, it says. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Isn't that an amazing way to understand that verse? It gave him great pleasure. We were talking about Father God this morning. That came up this morning, didn't it, in worship? He's a perfect father. He's a good father. We sing that song, good, good father. He loves his children. And this is the amazing thing. God cannot be constrained or limited. And that is the measure of his love and grace that pours over us. It's not constrained. It's not limited. Through Jesus, God prioritized relationship with us while we were still his enemies. He sent Jesus to bear the cost for our sin. That's how much he values us. That's what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Wow. We were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ, not perishable things like silver or gold. 1 Peter 18. We were bought with a price. And this is such a picture of the reality of the value God places on us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to belong to his family. And it all starts and ends with him. And when we think about the way he values us as his children, there's an important place that we need to put ourselves. Our value isn't in the things like, I'm a parent, I'm not a parent, I'm single, I'm married, I've got a job, I haven't got a job, I'm a boss, I'm a worker. It isn't in any of those things. The primary place that we are to dwell is, I'm his child and he's my dad, he's my father. I belong to God's family. He's prioritised my salvation when he sent Jesus and even now he's prioritising preparing a place for me how do we even how do we even understand the love that places that much value at that much cost on those you know like myself i i don't deserve that do you deserve that we clearly don't deserve it right we clearly don't deserve that but that's that's the way that he values In this um, passage, there's a little footnote. And um, God had spoken this, uh, this verse in discussion um, with Andy. This, this verse had come up, the one I'm about to read had come up. And I, I had it as my notes. And it was, it was only when I was really looking into Ephesians that I saw this footnote, this tiny footnote. Um, and it took me to this verse. I really feel like God wants us to hear that today. I feel like there's some significance in how this next verse came up. So Deuteronomy 7, verse 6 to 8 says this. So just before I read it, this was 
said to the people of Israel who Moses had led out of Egypt, and this is what God had said to them, and I believe this is what he's saying to us today. Um, he'd rescued them from slavery, and God rescues us in Christ, and he redeems, he redeems us for the same reason that he redeemed them. And this is what it says. For you are a, holy, a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who were on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you. And I want to say this over KCC. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of peoples, but it is because the Lord loves you. What God values, he protects. Let's see where that is in this scripture. Verse 13, it says this. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he'd promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee and he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He, didn't, he did this so we would praise and glorify him. God values you so much that he protects your inheritance. That's why it was really excellent that inheritance came up. God values us so much that he protects our inheritance. What I mean by that is that the Holy Spirit protects and preserves us until we reach that day when we're going to see him face to face, when we go to the place that he's preparing. How? Well, the Holy Spirit ministers to us, speaks to us, equips us for what God wants us to do. The Holy Spirit acts like a royal seal of authenticity to say, we are accepted. Over every single one of you, in Christ today, there's a seal that says you are accepted. It's proof. It's, it's protection. It's, that, it's like a badge that says, it's like a label that says um, inheritance. Inheritance is yours. There it is. We are the Lord's specially treasured possessions that he values so much that he protects. We're his children. He knows us. He provides for us and protects us. He values us and he rejoices over us. In Zephaniah 3.17, I'm sure you all know it, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So this is the promise. When God's people seek him and follow him, when they rejoice in him and they trust him, God personally delights in them. This isn't like a sort of aloof kind of emotionless kind of well done. No, 
This is the living God bursting out in loud, joyful, divine. I like to think slightly off key occasionally, but no, he's perfect, so that won't work. Celebration. He celebrates over you. Over you. Over you. He celebrates over you. What God values, he proactively pursues, he prioritizes, and he protects. So value God's way has an eternal nature because it reflects his nature. Because value is driven by love and the grace of God. So what's value like in the world? We live in a world where people seek value. Why? Well, mankind was created to love God and to be loved by him, to know God and to be known by him. And because of that, mankind carries this unconscious desire for value. People search for it. I'm sure you can think of people in the workplace or in, in the, you know, people that you know who maybe aren't saved. You think about it, how you see it on the telly, how you see it in, in the shops. People are searching for it in all the wrong places. They're searching for it in identity, in roles, in work. But what happens when our roles change or when jobs are lost? It can really hit in the place of value because... Maybe we've missed the true source of our value. These things are going to hit. It's not that they're not going to hurt or hit and and affect us. Of course they are. But when your true value is rooted in Christ, you 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 can still know who you are in that situation. You don't lose everything that you are in that situation. Yeah, does that make sense? And our individualistic society they're going to try and fill the gap and they're going to maybe shout, power is the way. Get into that place of authority, get into that place of power. Or money, earn enough money, earn loads of money, get a second job, get a third job, just get loads of money. Influence, celebrity, success, perceived success, or being a part of the in-group, that's where your value is. But these are earthly riches and they only have momentary benefits. They're so different and so temporary to the way that God sees value. And the way that value in the world works, it just falls short, doesn't it? It just, it's flawed, it's temporary. But as Christians, if we miss that our value needs to be rooted in God, we can get caught up in that value system. In, in the shouts that the world makes, the demands that the world makes. And it's part of what can lead us into, like a, it's not the only reason, but it's part of what can lead us into, like a, a doing mentality for God. We're doing these things for God. We're doing it. We're doing this. We're doing that. Not a being with God. So what's our response to knowing God's value? Well, as God's children, when we recognize that our value is in God, but we receive our value from God, it creates this safety and this strength in us. 
and we can walk around as God's valued, crea- valued creation. And um, I know you wondered what the bag was for. We can be like, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> we can be like this pot, okay? So for those who are listening on the audio, this is a clay pot, which has had a bit of a paint job done on it and looks a bit battered and a bit scruffy and a bit used. And But we can be like this pot. It does look a bit crusty and old. And there it is. It can be like we have, when we're children of God, it can be like we are this pot, but we have this tag. This tag is stating our value. And this tag says, child of God, loved and valued, proactively pursued, prioritised and protected by the King of Kings. That's our value. That's our value. That's what God sees. And that's what we can see in one another. And when we tip out the contents of this pot, it's like there's this abundant treasure inside. go through situations and it the kingdom starts to come out because we know our value because we understand the value that's been placed in us the kingdom starts to come out we carry it around with us every day every single day at work in the playground when we're picking up kids at the shops treasures inside us the kingdom is inside us god's value is inside of us and we get to carry it we get to carry it around every day in every moment god's very great treasure the pearl of great price we carry the kingdom inside of us because he has proactively pursued us he's prioritized us and he's protected us he's shown us value through christ And so we carry it around with us and get to show it to other people. This is the value we carry around when we sit, when we rise, when we go to work, when we meet our friends, when we stand at the playground gates, when we interact with every single person that we meet and we face every single challenge and situation. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 9. So when we know our value in Christ... We get to walk through the challenges and seasons with a courage, with a confidence that's rooted. It's rooted in God, 
but it also points to God. And out of the overflow of knowing our unchanging value, I think somebody said that, didn't they? This isn't changing. Our, our value doesn't change. It's there. It's secure in him. Out of the overflow of knowing our unchanging value in God, he causes kingdom treasure to flow out of us. And it flows out of us and it sparkles and it shines and it makes our lives point to him. Okay, I need to speed up. I got carried away with the gems. So out of the overflow of our encountering the way God values us, we understand the great value that we carry. And there are two responses. One of them is to God, and one of them is to the world. So our response to God. How do we, what we carry, we need to point back to him, right? That's how it works in the kingdom. We receive his love. We pour our love back to him because it came from him in the first place. It starts and ends with him. So how do we proactively pursue our relationship with him? I would like to suggest, and I know it is my favorite way to meet God, but I would like to suggest that worship is a key way that we can proactively pursue relationship. Because when you know your value in Christ, there is always something to worship him about. It actually doesn't matter about your circumstances. It's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. It is. It is hard. But there's always a reason to thank him because when you know your value in him, you can, you can, you're rooted in it. So you can just go to the root. You can go to where the anchor is. You can hold on. And he'll give you the grace to do it. How else can we proactively pursue him? We can read his word. We can get to know him. We can, we can spend time with him. We can pray. We can tell him how it really is. He knows anyway. He knows our thoughts, right? So we can tell him. We can listen to him. We can sit and just focus and listen. What do you want to say, Lord? How do you want to lead me in this? What do you want me to do in this situation? How do we prioritize him and his will? What is it that needs to grow and what is it that needs to die in our lives? What choices? What are the choices that we have to make? How are we going to prioritise him in his will? That's another hard one sometimes, you know. How do we protect our time of being with him? And there are seasons to this. Seasons to this in terms of, I don't want anyone who has young children to get under stress, right? Where every time you're, you know, you're, you're juggling, you're spinning plates, and every time somebody stands up here and says, spend time with him, give time to him, you're like, tell me when, tell me when. But I think, you know, there's this verse that says, God gently leads those who have young. And I want to encourage you with that. That's true. And he understands. And he can do a lot with what you give him. It's about how you approach him. And you can approach him as you're plate spinning, as you're juggling. You can approach him. He might come and just catch one of them for you. You just, you know, it's just about how we approach him. He's with us in those moments anyway. So then there's these, this response to the world. How do we show the world value? How do we pour out this treasure that he's put inside of us? Well, 
Again, we can proactively pursue friendship. When we do that, it shows value. When we do that, we can use, we can encourage, we can support. Think of people now in your life where maybe they're just acquaintances, but actually maybe if you, maybe you know a bit more about them. Maybe they are struggling. Maybe they've just had a bereavement. You can, you can reach out and you can proactively pursue friendship with them. You can prioritize them. You can pray. You can minister them in times of need. How do we demonstrate God's protection? I'm just aware. That's not the kids coming out, is it? Huh? It's the youth. Great. Love it. Love it. Be noisier. Um, How do we demonstrate God's protection? Well, I think we need to be authentic. We're jars of clay. That means we... When we walk through life and we go through challenges, there are going to be chips, there are going to be breaks that happen, right? Because we're jars of clay. But when that happens, we don't need to hide that. We don't need to hide our cracks. If we show the cracks, then the, the wonderful sparkle of what's inside will come out. We can be authentic. We can live it out. We can, we can be real about the challenging time we're having, but the hope we have in God, Right? It's one of the ways that we can demonstrate God's protection. So, we protect our relationship with God and we root our value in God so that out of the overflow, we can show the world God's value or value God's way, how he works. 